Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. I am your host. I just finished a workout. I'm drinking my protein shake. And yeah, I got myself back into the protein shakes because I fell out of them for a long time, just out of pure laziness for no other reason other than pure laziness. And then I realized that I was having a hard time hitting my protein goals. And so I had to bring the protein shakes back in just because I didn't really feel like adding in another meal uh, or a protein bar or anything like that. So just straight back to the protein shakes. I don't know if anybody else does this but I'm lazy and lazy to the point where I don't even feel like getting out a shaker cup when I drink my protein shakes. Um, because that's just too much effort to unscrew a lid and put protein in and then screw the lid back to shake it. Uh, so I just drink my protein shakes lately out of a cup and then I just take a fork and I stir the protein in until it mixes and it does a decent job, but you still end up with like some protein chunkies. Um, that probably sounds disgusting. It's not great for the texture, but the way that my brain thinks sometimes is like, I feel like getting a cup, putting the protein in with water and then taking a fork and sitting there stirring for like a minute until all the protein dissolves is less effort than getting a protein shaker cup out of my cupboard and putting the protein in it and then drinking it that way. I don't know why my brain thinks that that is less effort, but it's really not. It's like the same amount of effort, if not probably less and more convenient and less likely to spill when you have a toddler. Um, but anyways, drinking my protein shake. So what else is new? Life update. I am almost through the second trimester of this pregnancy and almost into the third. I will be 28 weeks this upcoming Thursday. This podcast will be out by Thursday. Um, so <clears throat> if you're listening to this on Thursday in the future, which like blows my mind when I think about it, when I record this, uh, I will be 28 weeks, which means I'll be in the third trimester, which means I'm just that much closer to evicting this child out of my body so that I can have my body back to myself. Um, pregnancy is going well. I'm experiencing like little things are just more obnoxious. Like some women have super, super difficult pregnancies. And I 100% empathize with that because pregnancy is hard enough. Never mind now having like complications and like, you know, being sick the whole time. Like I have a former client of mine. She actually had to stop training with me because she's having a rough go with her pregnancy, like a really, truly rough go where she is like sick. She's having lots of pelvic pain uh, and just lots of like other things going on and she's just having a rough pregnancy and we're right around. I think she's like a few weeks behind me. 
I think she's just like a few weeks behind me, but she's just having a rough go. And I just empathize with her so much because it just, that's tough. Like pregnancy is tough, but I've been feeling overall pretty good other than like sleep is getting harder because I have to sleep on my side. I cannot sleep on my back because this baby is like sitting right on, I swear to God, this baby's sitting like right on my aorta that anytime I lay on my back, I get this like immediately just feeling lightheaded. And so I have to lay on my side, but then it hurts my hips and then it hurts my lower back. So then I go to roll over or I have to get up to pee and my back hurts and I got to like waddle for like two or three minutes until I get my muscles loosened up enough that I can walk like a normal bloody person. Anyway, so just like little things like that. If I'm like sitting for a while and then I go to get up, I'm like, oh, my back. And then I'm like waddling as I hold my back as I'm walking across the house or whatever I have to do. But otherwise I'm feeling good. I'm doing my workouts. They're going well. My strength I feel like is maintaining uh, pretty well, which is good. There's certain things that I have backed off on. I was talking on Instagram a little bit about it this week about first at like, like certain exercises I am lessening the weight on. So for example, like barbell squats, I've decreased the weight quite a bit on just because of my lower back being really tight lately and stuff. And I just found that if I go a little bit too heavy on the lower squats, I'm kind of compensating in the wrong ways. So I'm just lessening the weight and just focusing on form and like breath control and stuff like that. For one, I'm just happy that I can feel good enough to do barbell squats. Cause by this time, by the time I was like 28 weeks with my daughter, with my first pregnancy, I had to stop squatting and doing, or like doing barbell squats as well as like any other single leg exercise other than step-ups was the only one that I could do. So I couldn't do split squats. I couldn't do lunges or anything like that without having like extreme discomfort with pelvic pain. So I'm really just happy that I can even still squat without having any pelvic issues or anything like that. So I'm just going to focus on form and not really be worried about crushing it with the weight or anything like that. Um, yeah, so that's all that's kind of new with that. Otherwise, life-wise, I am so looking forward to spring. We had like a really nice week last week where like the weather was super nice actually in the pluses, which like if you're from Alberta or if you're from Canada, like I am in the pluses, we're talking about Celsius here, but like it was just a bit of a rough winter this year. And I was just so excited for a good spring. And then yesterday, of course, was the first day of spring. This is Monday um, or Sunday I'm talking about. So Sunday was the first day of spring. And of course it bloody freaking snowed. It always snows. Like literally the first day of spring, I cannot remember a day where it doesn't snow here. Whether it's just mother nature wanting to give us a boot in the ass or just like, I don't know, mother nature loves irony that like the first day of spring here, it always snows. I honestly, I can't remember a time where it didn't snow on the first day of spring. So anyway, so that was kind of funny yesterday, seeing all the snow come. And then of course, yesterday afternoon, it was like beautiful out and super nice. So It's going to be good weather this week, which I'm really excited for. Yes, I'm talking about the weather on my podcast because, again, if you live where I live, the weather changes constantly, and it's a hot topic that a lot of people love to talk about. Anyways, I promise I'm not going to ramble on for forever. I actually have a topic for today that I would like to discuss. So the topic for today 
that I wanted to talk about is different reasons on why you might not be reaching your goals. Now, this could be related to, this is mostly touching on weight loss goals, but also could be performance goals in the gym or something like that. So different reasons on why you might feel like you're doing everything right, or you just aren't sure exactly what you can change or where you're going wrong and why you're not reaching your goals. You've been doing the thing, the nutrition thing or the workout thing, and you feel like you're doing really well with it, but you're just not reaching your goals and you don't know why. So I'm doing 10 reasons on why you might not be reaching your goals. Obviously there's other reasons, but these are just some of the most common ones that I've seen that I will go over and discuss. 10 reasons why you may not be reaching your goals. I'll go, I'll talk about each one and kind of go into a little bit of discussion with it. And hopefully you can find some tidbits in here on things that you can do to help yourself out and reach your goals. Number one, you are underestimating what you are eating. And this is probably when it comes to weight loss, the number one thing that people don't number one or number two thing that people don't do or that they're not realizing that they're doing, which is holding them back from their goals. So when I talk to clients and you know, you'll hear them, they swear up and down, I'm not eating that much. I'm not eating that much. I'm only just having this many calories a day or whatever. And lo and behold, as you kind of discuss and ask questions and inquire, and maybe you get them to track or whatever, you discover that they were overeating. And it's for no fault of their own. They're not being malicious with it. They're not, you know, screwing. They're not being a total screw up or anything like that. It's just, there's things that we don't think about that can add up. There's portion sizes that maybe we don't completely pay attention to that add up. And just little things like that can affect your calories. So you're underestimating what you're eating. Most people, I'm going to even put myself in this category. Most people, when they're calculating their calories or guesstimating their calories or thinking about what they eat in a day, they're underestimating how much they're actually eating. And the reason why is because we forget one of the reasons why I can't say the reason why, but one of the reasons why is because we forget about things like little bites, nibbles, handfuls. Uh, you know, we kind of forget like, oh, we may, we did grab six Timbits at work when Sandy brought in Timbits to work this week. I used to be really bad for that. Oh my gosh. Somebody bring in Timbits, which if you're not from Canada, Timbits are just donut holes from Tim Hortons. Okay. They're just like a popular snack. You can get like 10 for like five bucks and people would bring them in, especially if you work in an office all the time. And you forget that about six or seven times a day, you walk by the Timbits and you're grabbing a Timbit. Okay. Little things like that can add up really easily. And if you're in a calorie deficit, but then you're adding in about three or 400 calories of Timbits a day, that can throw you over your calories quite easily. So a lot of people are really underestimating. So if you're not sure and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I feel like my nutrition is completely on point, but maybe, maybe you're not tracking your nutrition might be a good idea to consider tracking and not saying that you have to calorie count, but maybe just writing down, what do you eat in a day? 
as you eat it, as it goes in your mouth, write it down on a note on your phone. Doesn't have to necessarily be calorie counting, but just even starting with that can get you an idea of maybe things that you're forgetting throughout the day that could be throwing you off track a little bit. Other thing you could do is start tracking your calories. And a lot of people are resistant to tracking calories and I can understand and I can empathize because it is tedious and it can be obnoxious, but understanding that tracking calories is a very useful tool for those who want to use it because you learn how many calories are in food, how many calories are in a slice of bread, how many calories are in a tortilla, how many calories are in a Timbit and chicken and whatever. And you learn portion sizes and you learn what will work for you, what you like to put in your calorie range, what you don't like. And it is just very eye-opening. When I have clients who will actually not actually, but like when I have clients who are struggling with their nutrition and they're not sure where they're going wrong, that's usually where I start. Say, okay, let's start with a food diary or tracking or something like that. Obviously I don't do this for every single client. It is case dependent, but I will start that with some, with some clients and they will start tracking their calories. And they'll say to me, like, I never realized how quickly this shit adds up. Like, yeah, it does. And they're like, I didn't realize how many calories were in pasta. And I'm just like shoveling pasta onto my plate, like no big deal. It's not that pasta is bad for you. And it's not that carbs are bad. It's just pasta is a very common food that a lot of people overeat. And it's a lot of calories for that pasta. And it's not that pasta is bad or wrong or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with eating a lot of calories in pasta, but it's just something that people don't think about. And you do that commonly throughout the week. It can add up and it can throw you out of your calorie deficit. One other thing that, um, you know, along with this is that people are underestimating what they eat on weekends and weekends can really throw people off. So if you are tracking your calories and stuff throughout the week, but then on weekends, you're like, I don't eat that bad on weekends. You're seriously, I guarantee it underestimating what you eat on weekends. And you think that just going out for, you know, dinner or whatever drinks and all that kind of stuff isn't that big of a deal. But again, we are underestimating how many drinks are we having? What are we having with those drinks? Are we having wings, nachos, et cetera? Are we stopping for, you know, a bottle of wine on the way home? Or are we going to McDonald's after we're done drinking? Like you can really add up that way. And I had a client, this was a few years ago. He couldn't figure out, he was doing pretty well, but it, his progress was just kind of stalling out around summertime when he started playing baseball. And baseball was like his thing in the summer. He loved it, enjoyed it. Fantastic. Great. Play baseball. But of course, you're part of a team. And what he wasn't really thinking about was commonly after games on a Friday night, they would go out to eat. They would go out for drinks and whatever. And he was like, I don't know where I'm going wrong. I don't know where I'm going wrong. And we talked about weekends and stuff. And I said, okay, when you go out tomorrow night, track what you eat. Just like, just like, just write it down and we can talk about it. And maybe this is kind of part of the issue. And sure enough, he sends me a message Saturday morning and he says to me, holy shit, I never realized. So it was like five or 6,000 calories just from the night. Never mind like during the day when he was at work and eating and stuff like that, just from the night alone, where it was like, 10 beers, because he was just one of those guys. He was like 10 beers, chicken wings, nachos, McDonald's. And then they stopped for it. And then they had pizza. And it was like all of these things. And he's like, I never realized 
how much I was actually eating on weekends. And I was like, okay, so game plan, we can adjust this. Not that he had to cut everything out completely, but I was like, instead of maybe 10 beers, how about we have like three or four? And he initially was like, what, what, what? But I can drink 10 beers. I was like, yeah, you can drink 10 beers, but do you need 10 beers? And he's like, oh, I see what you mean. So it was just completely underestimating what he was eating. And it was those weekends were throwing him off. So we made some adjustments and stuff so he could still go out and he had a great time and he was able to enjoy the foods and have some beers, but it wasn't going completely overboard with five or 6,000 calories worth of enjoyment. Do that once in a while, go for it. Do your thing. Not a big deal, but every single week could be throwing you off. So something to think about. Number two, not everyone is going to be as long as that one. Number two goes along with number one, but you're not as consistent as you think you are. So you might be tracking and doing the thing and getting your workouts in and stuff, but you're just not really seeing the result. Your consistency usually has a play in it. So a lot of people get themselves in the mindset of being in a calorie deficit and working out on all these things. But in reality, The mindset and what actually happens are two different things. So the best way to know what your consistency looks like is to track it. Simply track it. You don't have to do anything fancy. You can literally print off a calendar, a 30-day calendar, and just track what your calories were for the day or if you hit your nutrition goal for the day and if you're getting your workouts in. And at the end of the month, see how many days out of 30 were you on track? Simple as that. And I've used this tool many times with many different clients. And every single time I have a client at the end of the 30 days go, holy shit, I really wasn't consistent. Most of I encourage people to be 80% consistent. You do not need to be hundred percent consistent or on track. That's just, it's a, it is way too much and B, it's unrealistic. I want people to have days off where they enjoy themselves. I do. I want you to have days where you go over your calories or you go out to dinner and you're not 100% on track. I don't want to see people 130 out of 30 days completely on track in their calorie deficit and whatever. I don't want that. I want you right around 80%. So that's about 24 days out of 30 that you're on track and about six days, give or take, that you're off track. Completely fine. But given that 80%, you know, 80-20 rule, it gives you leeway, but at the same time, you still have to be a little bit more conscious of what you're doing than you think. So a lot of people think that 80% consistency is a lot more woohoo, but they're actually being more like 50%. So if you're not sure about your consistency, track it. Or if you feel like you're doing everything right, you're, you know, tracking the, when you track your calories, you're on track. When you're not tracking your calories, who knows if you're on track or not, but you feel like you're on it, double check. Just double check, take 30 days and just write shit down. And at the end of those 30 days, see what your consistency is like. 100%. Just see what that consistency is like. Number three is you're not strength training. 
So you may be exercising, which is great. You may be working on your nutrition, which is also great, but you're still just not seeing the results that you want. Maybe, for example, you want to tone, but you're not seeing that. Strength training can be the piece that's missing. Now, I have done several podcasts about strength training and why people should strength train and why it's so important, but I will still beat this drum until the day I die. Strength training can help you in so many different ways in that, number one, you're building muscle mass, so you're going to get stronger, which is going to help you with better mobility, easier everyday life. You're going to feel better. Number two, you're going to build muscle. Like I just talked about, you're going to be building muscle mass, which when you are in a calorie deficit or while you're losing body fat, I should say, not necessarily even uh, about the calorie deficit, but if you're building muscle mass and then you lose body fat, that toned look is going to show through. Toning isn't actually a thing. I'm just going to, I usually, I, if you ever hear me use the word tone, it's because I'm just trying to create that image in your mind that you go, okay, I know exactly what she's talking about. Toning itself is not a thing though. I want to tone. I want to tone up my muscles. You just want to build muscle mass. Okay. Toning is building muscle mass. Toning isn't a thing, but essentially when you're talking about it, you're building muscle mass. So you build that muscle mass. So you have the lean, nice, you know, the lean look, those arms with a little bit of muscle on them, the shoulders kind of popping out a little bit. Uh, you know, everybody, you'll hear people talk about how they, you know, dancers legs or like a figure skaters legs. Those legs are strong legs. They are built. They have muscle mass on them. So strength training helps in so many ways. And not only that strength training and building muscle mass will help your metabolism over time in that the more muscle mass that you have on your body, the more calories that your body is just going to require and burn on a daily basis is going to increase. So it's going to be easier to be in a calorie deficit when you are strength training because you're going to be building muscle mass over time. We hear a lot about metabolic adaptation where if you're in a calorie deficit, a consistent calorie deficit for a long time, your body loves to be in what's called homeostasis. So your body will start to adjust to the lower calories that you are giving it. It happens. It happens to everybody. It's nothing terrible. It's just, it's what your body does. Same thing. If you lose weight, your body will require fewer calories at a lower weight, but strength training can help combat that so that the effects of that aren't so severe that you're not ruining your metabolism or having metabolic issues. So strength training at least twice a week, if you can do three times a week, amazing, but at least twice a week can make a huge, huge difference. So if you're solely focusing on cardio and you are not strength training at all, adding in a couple days of strength training can really truly help. And I don't want to hear nothing about, I'm going to look manly or anything like that. We as women, especially if this is coming from a woman, do not get bulky by accident. Even men don't build a bunch of muscle mass by accident. My husband has been trying to build muscle for years. It's literally taking him years and years to get to where he wants to be as far as like the amount of muscle mass that he wants. You don't build muscle mass and get quote unquote bulky by accident. And especially not by training a couple days a week of strength training. Okay. Just 
Put that in the back of your mind right now. There are so many amazing benefits to strength training. If you're not doing it, no matter where you are in your journey, where you're starting or what your goals are, whether they're weight loss related or not, get on the strength training train at least twice a week. Okay. Next one. Number four. Number four. I have a list. I wrote it down. I just lose my place. Number four, you're not getting any steps in. And this is one that I fall into sometimes. So what I mean is maybe your strength training. Great. You're doing the nutrition thing. Great. But you have a desk job and you sit all day long without getting in any steps. So I've talked many times about the benefits of cardiovascular training and getting yourself moving throughout the day in any way, shape or form. One of the best things that you can do for not just your overall health, but also for weight loss and for weight maintenance is just getting in steps. I'm not talking about running. I'm not talking about doing crazy cardio or anything like that. I'm talking about just walking. Getting in steps throughout the day is one of the most important things that you can do to, like I said, get yourself moving as well as improve your overall health, as well as you are going to be burning more calories just because you're moving your body. So that's where sometimes people can struggle, especially with weight maintenance, is that they're just not getting in any movement in any steps. Now there's, you know, obviously professions where you're moving all day long, like nursing and things like that. Awesome. Fantastic. But if you are a person who sits at a desk all day, maybe you work in an office, maybe you work from home and you're not moving a lot. And then at night you might do like an hour or 45 minute long weightlifting session, but then you go and you immediately sit down and watch Netflix, but you're not doing any steps throughout the day. That is something that you can maybe start doing to help improve not only your health, but just getting yourself moving and more calories burned throughout the day. So doesn't have to be anything crazy. Even just starting with like a 15, 20 minute walk throughout the day or two 10 minute walks, split it up throughout the day, something like that. And doesn't have to be strenuous, just getting yourself moving. Whether it's getting a treadmill, whether it's you just start adding in movement throughout the day, like parking at the back of the grocery store. Maybe you take the stairs instead of the elevator, something like that, where you're just being more conscious about moving throughout the day. So when I say steps, I mean just movement in general. Um, but if you have a Fitbit or you check your phone for steps or something like that, you could start setting yourself a little goal. Uh, you know, they always preach 10,000 steps, 10,000 steps. It doesn't have to be 10,000 steps. You say, for example, you do 3,000 steps a day, maybe 2,000 steps a day. Let's start with 5,000. We're just going to bump it up a little bit. And then once we get to 5,000 and we're hitting that consistently, maybe we could bump it to 7,000. The purpose is to just get yourself moving more than you already are. And this is, again, a trap that I fall into as well as somebody who works from home. You know, I do a lot of weightlifting, which is great. Uh, but I don't like, we don't really have any walking paths where I live. I can walk on the pavement, um, on the road and stuff, but I don't have a treadmill or anything. So getting in those extra steps can sometimes be more difficult, especially in the winter. In the summertime, a lot easier for me. I get outside. I have a I'm going to have a garden this year, mow lawn, you know, I'm doing laundry. I'm chasing after my toddler by doing laundry. I mean, like I 
take my laundry out to my laundry line and like just getting up and I'm getting myself moving, chasing after my two-year-old. I have yard work to do. It's so much easier to get moving in the summertime and to get steps in. I totally completely agree with that. So it's just being more conscious about it. Maybe if you're on phone calls, just walking around your house while you're on the phone, something like that. I know I've seen some people get like walking treadmills and then like a stand-up desk and then they can just like walk while they're on their computer answering emails or something like that. I think that's great. Like that's a great thing to do if that works for you and nothing wrong with that. So just getting yourself some steps in throughout the day. Okay. Next one. Number five, we are halfway. Number five is you are program hopping. So I see this a lot with people who are trying to build muscle mass or trying to have like some fitness related goals that they're just not meeting and they don't know why. And it's because they aren't sticking to their programs. So by program hopping, I mean, you don't do the same workouts two weeks in a row, or you're one of those people that says, I get bored really easily when it comes to workouts. So you do different workouts all the time. You might do a HIIT workout one week, and then you might do Pilates the next week, then you're doing yoga the next week, and then you're going to do Zumba the next week, and then you're back to strength training. And then, but with strength training, you're not really doing anything in particular, and you don't really have a plan. So you're just program hopping back and forth. And one of the best things you can do is just get yourself on a plan. Number one, so that when you're walking into the gym, you have a training plan and you know what you're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I have specific things that I know that I need to meet for this program or in this workout. And you just generally have a plan. Helps reduce gym anxiety, helps keep you going and knowing exactly what you're doing. The other thing is, is that you're going to start seeing results. So I get this question a lot with like new clients where I will give them their program. We'll talk about, you know, the workouts and stuff. And they'll say to me, okay, so I do like the same workouts every week. Now you're not going to be doing the same workouts every week for forever for the rest of your life, but you're going to be doing the same workouts every week. Yes. For about four, anywhere between four to 12 weeks, depending on your goals and where you are and what you're doing. Sometimes it's four weeks for my clients. Sometimes it's six weeks. Sometimes it's eight weeks. Sometimes it's 12 weeks. Just depends on the client. Every client is individual. And yes, you are. And the reason why is because you're going to be seeing, number one, improvement for each move with your form, with your strength. The other thing is, is I want you to continually challenge yourself each week with these movements so you can go back and track and see, okay, when I first started, I was doing shoulder press, you know, eight pounds for 10 reps. And now I'm up to 12 pounds for 12 reps. And you can start to see improvements and know where you're pushing yourself. If you're program hopping back and forth, you're not going to see those improvements. You're not going to be seeing the muscle mass build and your legs get stronger and you're not going to see your squat get better or your deadlift get better, anything like that. You're not going to achieve a pull-up or 10 push-ups if you're program hopping constantly and not working on anything consistently. So stop program hopping, get yourself on a good program. And whether that's, you know, finding one on the internet, getting a coach, whatever that might be, and put the work into it to see the results. Number six, this is one that you probably haven't thought about yet, but I'm going to mention it because it's important. Your sleep sucks. 
And shout out to new parents, parents with babies, parents with toddlers who don't sleep, because I am going to be one of them here in a few short months. <laughs> but your sleep sucking can have such an impact on everything in your life, including your fitness goals and weight loss goals. And this is because of many, many, many different reasons. But when we are lacking sleep, you're going to be tired. You're going to be not motivated to want to make good choices like working out or eating properly or anything like that. You're going to be less likely to want to cook for yourself and more likely to order in more convenient foods, easy foods, and as well as your stress levels can go up when you're overtired, which can impact weight loss. Not impact weight loss in that being stressed makes you gain weight, but it can impact weight loss in that, for example, uh, when your cortisol levels, which is one of your stress hormones, raise, cortisol also affects things like water retention, makes you feel bloated when your cortisol is high, makes you makes the scale go up because you're retaining more water. You are more likely to crave foods that are high in sugar, more processed, things like that, less likely to eat fruits and vegetables and make good choices. If your sleep sucks, it can be one of the main reasons why you're overtired, you're cranky, and you aren't able to stick to your goals. And I'll hear a lot of, I've seen a Dr. Nadolsky, Spencer Nadolsky, if you don't follow him on Instagram, you totally need to. Uh, he posts a like funny meme on there. And it was like something along the lines of, you know, somebody's telling him, oh, my metabolism sucks starter pack. That's what it was. It was my metabolism starts start sucks starter pack. Basically somebody trying to blame their metabolism for why they're not losing weight. And he literally showed like, you know, you're not sleeping, you're eating highly processed foods, you're drinking nothing but caffeine all day long and not drinking any water. You're not exercising and like all these things. So it's not really that your metabolism sucks. It's that you aren't paying attention to these fundamental health things that will help you feel better. And I remember having like, when I was a vet tech working with a coworker who, you know, she was convinced that she had like a metabolic issue or like a thyroid issue or something like that. And, you know, went and got all the blood work done. Everything came back totally clear. And she was like, I don't understand. Like, I feel tired all the time and all these things. And her doctor was like, yeah, you're tired all the time because you don't fucking sleep. And his her and her doctor had a really tight relationship. And he's like, yeah, you're tired all the time and you feel like crap and all these things because you're not sleeping. Like you're not, you sleep like two to five hours a night inconsistently. You work too much. You are overtired and you're making poor choices with food and drinking nothing but caffeine all day because you're overtired. And what do you expect? Of course, you're not going to lose weight because you are, all of these things are adding up. So if you aren't sleeping at night, and I, again, I can really empathize with people like shift workers. I know like my brother, he's a paramedic. He doesn't do them anymore, but he used to work like 24 hour shifts where like you can be up for like 36 hours. I, you know, my sister is also an RN who is constantly changing from night shift to day shift and your sleep schedule is just always fucked. Like there's definitely exceptions to this. Okay. So don't send me a message being like, you told me to get more sleep, but I'm a nurse and I have a newborn and all these things. Like, I, yes, there are exceptions to this rule. However, though, one of the good places to look at is your sleep patterns. If you are 
a person who stays up all night watching Netflix or is on your phone watching TikTok until two in the morning and then getting up at six or seven and then wondering why you feel tired all day, there you go. So adjust your sleep. Okay. Don't send me a DM being like about that because I, I, I can empathize newborn parents, shift workers, etc. I get it. You're not going to sleep as well. And you just, sometimes you just got to do what you can. However, though, if it's something that you can control and you can change, do it. Number seven, you're focusing way too much on supplements. You just, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. You're focusing too much on supplements and not enough on your actual nutrition. So I do see this a lot with people and they'll, you know, I have a client who I was in person training and they would come in always drinking a protein shake and then they'd have their pre-workout and then they would drink BCAAs while they're working out. And then they would, you know, tell me about all these awesome supplements they're taking and all these things. And I got the greens juice and I got all these things and all this kind of stuff, but I'm not losing weight and I don't understand why. And then I asked them like, well, what's your actual nutrition like? Like take the supplements out. What is your actual day-to-day nutrition like? And that was the problem was because they had just kind of thought that the supplements would make the results and not really having to worry so much about the nutrition side of things. And, you know, they were like, well, no, like I'm healthy. And I like do all these things because I have all these supplements. The supplements aren't going to help if you don't primarily look after your day-to-day diet. And I cannot stress this one enough. Don't reach for supplements. Do not reach for supplements until you have analyzed and taken a look at your diet and changed what you could. So for example, before you add in a protein shake even, go and look at where you can add protein in that you can eat throughout the day. Okay, maybe add an egg with breakfast. You could increase your portion sizes for protein at your supper and dinner. Maybe you could have some Greek yogurt in the afternoon. Go and increase and change your protein intake before adding in a protein shake. And then the other thing is, is don't rely on your protein shakes for your protein intake throughout the day. Okay, let's have actual food. Don't go drinking greens juice before you look at how much vegetables and fruits you're actually eating. So before you go and you add in greens juice and things like that, how about just eat a fucking apple in a salad? Get the food in your body before we are reaching for supplements. And then other ones like pre-workout, some people really like pre-workout because they like the caffeine kick and it makes them feel all tingly and all that kind of stuff, but do you don't necessarily need it. And I would argue that most people don't need it. You can have a cup of coffee or a tea before your workout, but if you're relying on pre-workout every single workout, there's something there. It's either you're using it as a crutch or you just like the taste of pre-workout is generally what it is at the end of the day, or people feel like they need it, but they actually don't. So and then with branch chain amino acids, if you're getting in enough protein throughout the day, you don't need branch chain amino acids. Okay. So before you go adding in supplements and fat burners and green juices and protein shakes and all this other shit, take a look at your actual day-to-day diet and see what you can maybe do differently before you even go 
to the supplement store. Do not step foot in a Supplement King, GNC, whatever you're going to, until you actually analyze and take a look at your own diet first. Don't do it. Don't. Okay. Next one. I'm going to say it and then you're going to be like, what? And then I'm going to explain it. And then you're going to be like, oh. So <laughs> number eight is your calories are too, are set too low. Now you go, what? And then I'm going to explain it. So what I mean by this is if you have your calories put at too low of a calorie deficit, you are going to have a hard time being in, being consistent and actually sticking to these calories. So for example, if you're trying to eat 1200 calories a day, but your maintenance is actually like 2000 calories or 2200 calories, and you're trying to cut yourself down a thousand calories or 800 calories a day, you're going to have a really hard time sticking with that. Okay. Same thing if like you're doing a thousand calories, that's just dumb. Stop trying to put your calories so low in the name of getting your weight loss faster. Number one, because you're not going to be able to stick to it in the long term, and you're going to bin go in the complete opposite direction and gain all that weight back. Okay. I've seen it happen way too many times before. The other thing is, is that when you have your calories that low all the time, you're not going to be consistent with it which is going to make you struggle for that weight loss because you're going to get hungry and you're going to probably want to binge so that you can get calories in. So rather than trying to hurry the fat loss phase and by cutting your calories so much, do a more slight to moderate deficit, maybe three to 500 calories a day. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. And then be patient. Okay. The reason why I say this is because, like I mentioned before, a lot of people will cut their calories dramatically, trying either thinking that's what they actually need to take in because some fucking idiot on the internet told them that's what they needed, or they want to go faster and they go, oh, I hear that you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. So I'm just going to eat fucking nothing so that I can lose weight the fastest. And then I'll just go back to what I was doing before. No, no, don't do that. Instead of cutting your calories all the way and trying to hit this ridiculously low number, do a more moderate calorie deficit and be a little bit more patient. And yeah, it might take a little bit longer, but guess what? You're not going to hate your fucking life as you do it. Okay. Weight loss is hard enough. Okay. Being in a calorie deficit already isn't fun. Why would you want to try to kill yourself with it? Okay. Be patient. And don't kill yourself. The whole goal of being in a calorie deficit is to actually be consuming as many calories as you possibly can while still seeing results. So why would I want to eat 1,200 calories when I could maybe eat, you know, 1,600 to 1,800 calories, have a lot more leeway with my diet and make it more enjoyable and still lose weight? Think about it. Don't be silly. Stop trying to cut your calories so low. So this is where you'll hear people say like, oh, I was eating like 1200 calories before. And then I started eating 1800 calories and I lost a bunch of weight. It's not because of starvation mode, even though they want you to believe that's because of starvation mode. 
it's because they could actually be consistent at 1800 calories, whereas at 1200 calories, they couldn't. That's why. Anyways, that's it all. That's all I'm going to say about that. So now you can go, oh, number nine is you're not focusing on other measures of progress and you're only focusing on the scale. If you are only focusing on the scale as your sole measure of progress for your weight loss or whatever they might be goals, and you're not focusing on anything else, you're not taking progress photos, you're not doing measurements, you're not thinking about your mood, your sleep, your sleep quality, um, your relationship with food. You're not thinking about, you know, how strong you're getting in the gym, how your workouts are, what your energy levels are, depression, anxiety levels decreasing. You're not focusing on anything else other than what the stupid little number on the scale tells you. You are missing the big picture, friend. You are missing the big picture because solely focusing only on the scale and using that as your number one form of progress, determining whether or not what you're doing is working is completely stupid <laughs> for lack of better phrase. There is other measures of progress out there in the world other than just what's related to the scale. And so if you're only focusing on one form of progress and nothing else, you're not going to see the whole picture. So when I have clients who are frustrated because, oh, the scale hasn't really budged yet, but yet their clothes are fitting better, their energy levels are better, their strength is going up in the gym, uh, they went down a bra size, they're really, you know, they were able to go out to dinner and drinks with friends last weekend without feeling like they had completely blown their diet. They go for walks daily. Their relationship with their husband is improved. Their libido is better and all they can focus on the scale. I just want to shake them and be like, are you fucking serious right now? Like you are doing so amazing just because the scale hasn't done what you expected it to do. Doesn't mean that you're not making progress in other areas. So Yes, the scale is a tool when it comes to weight loss, something that you can track, but is not the ultimate tool. I have clients who, I have one client uh, in particular, she always comes to mind when I think about this, who, if you look at the scale, we've been working together for a little over two years now. If you look at the scale, hardly anything's changed. Really, like hardly anything has changed if you solely look at the scale. And just zoom in on that. Hardly anything has ever changed, like literally. But if you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture, in her progress photos, she looks like a completely different person. She has changed pant sizes more than she ever cares to admit, she says. Her strength in the gym is unfucking believable Like when we started working together, she was strong, like really strong. And now like her strength is insane. Like it's just absolutely insane. Like she lifts more than most men that I know. She can squat more than my husband. Don't tell him that, but it's true. And like this shit that she's accomplished is amazing. Her relationship with food is better. Her, you know, other areas of life are successful and all these things. Like if you solely look at the scale, you'd be like, bitch, you didn't do anything. But if you look at everything else, you would be like blown away. So don't use the scale as your only form of measurement for progress. There's so many other things. If you're not keeping track of at least five things for progress, you're not doing your, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. You should be looking at, sure, you can look at the scale, but you should also be, you can also be looking at progress photos, measurements, how your clothes fit, your mood, your energy level, your sleep, relationship with food. 
your consistency, how much you are, your libido, your sex drive, your depression and anxiety, how that's going. I could go on for forever. There are so many other things to keep track of when it comes to measuring progress that don't have to do with the scale. Rant over. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'm just kidding. Okay, we got number 10. Number 10. Something that you probably haven't considered yet. Bitch, you're impatient. (laughs) You are impatient. You need to be more patient with yourself and your goals. Quit it. You're not going to lose 30 pounds in two months. And if you do, that's not good. And you're probably going to gain it all back. Okay? You're not going to completely reverse years of bad habits and unhealthy diet and exercise relationships and all these things in a matter of a few weeks. You're not going to get a six pack in 30 days. It just doesn't happen. Be more patient with yourself when you screw up. Be more patient with your results when they're coming slower than you want them to. Just be more patient. I've had clients where like, they'll literally say like, it's been three weeks and I haven't like noticed the scale budge or it's been three weeks. I've only lost a pound. Like, bitch, it's been three fucking weeks. What is three weeks throughout your entire life? Nothing. Two months in your entire life is nothing. You've been gaining weight steadily for the last 10 years. You are not going to lose it in three weeks. You're not. Okay. You need to be more patient. The unsexy answer or the unsexy thing that I like to tell people and that they don't realize, and it's something that's super true that I heard on another podcast, and uh, I believe it was the Jordan Syed podcast. Jordan Syed had mentioned this, where he used to tell people, it takes, what if, what would I, how did he phrase it? He phrased it, what if I told you that it would take five years? You give me these goals and where you want to be and what you want to achieve and what this ultimate goal at the end of the day looks like for you. And what if I told you it was going to take five years to get there, but five years to get there for you to be able to maintain it and be happy with that for the rest of your life. And most people would say that takes entirely too long, but the five years is going to fucking pass anyway, whether or not you achieve your goals, five years going to pass. So why not take the five years and put the work into it? Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be losing weight for forever for five years, but generally it takes about three. I would, some people can do it in three, some people five, but it takes about three to five years to reach the place where you're going to be like, I'm happy with this. I'm good. I can maintain this. And that's actually ironically right around when I got to that point where I was like, I'm happy with this. I've got a good relation. I've my relationship with food is better. My relationship with exercise is better. I've figured out what works best for me. I'm not taking workouts to the extreme anymore. I'm not taking my nutrition stupid anymore like I used to. It took me about five years to get to that point. But now I'm at the point where I feel like I can maintain that. Uh, So five years. And really, when you think about it, like, say, for example, you've noticed that you've gained 30 pounds. You didn't gain 30 pounds in two months. You didn't gain 30 pounds in six months. You probably, it's probably taken a few years to get to that point. Some people, they go through super stressful events and there's extenuating circumstances where yes, you gain a lot of weight really quickly, but generally speaking, 
it kind of comes on weight loss is slow and so is weight gain. Weight gain is slow. Like fat gain is slow, just like fat, fat loss. And you're not going to be losing crazy amounts of fat right away. That's not how it works. At least to be able to maintain it, it's not how it works. So you need to be more fucking patient at the end of the day. When it comes down to it, the other thing is, is along with these, these lines, and I already mentioned it, is you need to be more patient with yourself in that you're learning and you're changing habits and you're not going to be perfect and you're going to fall off track and then you're going to get on track and then you're going to fall off track again and you're going to feel like it's this constant cycle. But what's going to be happening is you're going to be improving every single time. Okay. You're going to have to be patient with yourself because you are learning. You're not going to be able to do this perfectly. Nobody does this perfectly. Even I don't do this perfectly. Difference is, is that I have a lot of patience with myself and I understand that this is a learning thing and it's a cycle and I just need to keep working at it and it'll get better over time. So at the end of the day, with all of these things, you just got to be patient. And that's it. That's my 10. That's my 10. 10 things that you might not be doing or 10 things that you may have to change to reach your goals better. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that you found something in here that resonates with you. If you did, I would love to hear it. Send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email and tell me about, you know, what you feel like resonated with you and just to, just to hear about it. That's all I want to do. I just want to hear about it. Um, if you haven't already, you can follow me on social media. You can probably just find my Instagram is the easiest. I'll post my Instagram in the show notes. And from there, you can find all my other social media, connect with me, shoot me a message, whatever it might be. I love talking to people and just hearing and BSing about things. I sometimes post funny things on Instagram sometimes. And as well as if you are interested in hearing about my coaching options, or maybe you're looking for a little bit of help or guidance with your fitness journey, weight loss journey, whatever it is that you want to achieve, definitely feel free to check out my website, www.fitlikeagirl, all one word.ca. I will also post that in the show notes and you can contact me through there as well as apply for my online coaching options. Online coaching, fantastic. I can coach you wherever you are in the world. So if you are right next door to me, or if you are all the way in Florida or Australia or wherever, I can coach you. So definitely feel free to shoot me a message from there. As well as if you are liking the podcast and what I'm doing on here so far, I am loving the, doing the podcast and I really enjoy it. So I hope that you guys do too. If you are enjoying it, please let me know. I would love and appreciate a five-star review with maybe just some, you know, things about what you like about the podcast. Reviews are amazing and they help just increase visibility of the podcast so that other people can come and take a listen and I can help more people just like you. Otherwise, thank you so much again for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope that you have a great rest of your day and until next time, take care fam.